Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, this is Pastor Frank Riley, and you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth. Today's topic is dealing with fear. Psalm 62, 8 says, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. What's it like for you when you're facing the giants of fear? Well, I remember the day I pulled into a parking lot and sipped my iced tea slowly, the raindrops splashing against the windows, and I pretended with each drop that I was letting go of the hurts of yesterday. I had to face up to something that happened with someone who had hurt me. That day I needed to be strong and face my fears, and I remember starting the engine and driving across the parking lot and getting out, and as I walked up to that door and grabbed that door handle, I breathed a prayer saying, God, I am so scared. You've got to help me. What happens when we're called to face the things that make us afraid, the people that have made us afraid? What happens when we're called to stand up and look into the eyes of those who have hurt us? harmed us, given us nothing but grief. Well, there have been many times that I've wanted to run the other way. There have been times when I think that fear is made up of the very worst corners and dark alleys of my heart and soul. You know, you and I like to keep that fear hidden in secret spots. But in those moments right then, I had to face that fear and put it aside, open up the door and walk in to be right in front of someone who had hurt me. Maybe your fears today are more tangible. On a recent trip home from one of my best life conferences, I asked my team members, what were they afraid of? And they boldly said heights, elevators, too much to do, perfection, spiders, and flying. I told my team that I'm desperately trying to release my fears to God because I've realized over the years that when I say to him, I'm afraid, He seems to say back to me, really? Well, let's face that fear, Kathy. And off we go together, heading straight into the headwinds of my life. I've faced many fears that weren't life fears, like spiders or flying. No, those were momentary fears, like facing a mean person or speaking to a crowd of hundreds or even singing at my dad's funeral. But this day, that moment in time, I had to face that person that really hurt me. And I'd describe it as walking into a tornado. My hand shook as I grabbed the door handle. I breathed a silent prayer, but God really did help me through it. Now, there will be times in this life when you and I must face our giants. We're up against things we don't want to say or do, but we must. The giants of fear can be anything, like I said, but fear can also be connected with something you need to do, a job you have to undertake, or visiting an old boss or a friend or a neighbor, or maybe even a place you have to go visit again. And when we stand in our little frail being and look up at how big the giant is, it can seem insurmountable, but there's hope. Since I started my job years ago and was called to be a leader, I make myself face the giants. Something deep inside of me, perhaps that love for God, calls to me and says, you can do it, face up to it, it will all be over soon. And so I do, God is there, and it is over soon. Sometimes the facing up doesn't go as planned, and sometimes it seems to create more wounds than I originally had, and I leave believing that somewhere journeying the high road, I will be blessed. 
Sometimes the facing of giants goes well, and I thank God, I feel relief, and I move on. But for today, just in this moment, I'm sure of one thing, that God dwells with us on the high road. When we face our fears, He's right next to us. The giants will always be a part of our lives. They're the tasks, the problems, the dilemmas that call out to us to step up and walk out in faith. They're the people that create trouble, the spiders that are little but seem huge, the elevators that never break down but always threaten to, and the airplanes that get us safely from point A to B instead of crashing. Today, I want to welcome my friend and mentor, Pastor Frank Riley. Pastor Frank is currently serving a church in Manchester, Connecticut, and served as a chaplain in the United States Navy Reserve for two deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. Friends, I have had several instances in my life where I've had to face huge fears, fears of job change, moving, and of divorce. Pastor Frank was with me through all of them. So as I pondered this specific topic for the show today, he was the only choice because he has an incredibly godly gift of wisdom. Here he is to share that wisdom and knowledge with us today. Welcome, Pastor Frank. Thanks, Kathy. It's good to be with you again. Oh, it's fun to have you here, and don't you love my intro for you, because that's how I feel about you. You've been such an incredible friend and prayer warrior and wise counsel for me, so I'm glad that you can share that with our listeners. So, Pastor Frank, so often people think that they are a failure if they admit that they have fears. And as a pastor, I'm wondering, do you think that we are any less a Christ follower if we don't continually express faith, but we really do have fears? Uh, you know, Kathy, as I think about this, there's a difference between expressing faith and having fear. Uh, one of the things that I know for sure is we can definitely have faith and still be afraid. Uh, sometimes as I think about it, we forget it. Um, again and again, the Bible basically says this, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. Right. And we turn that into sin in our own minds or lack of faith rather than uh, that, those kinds of scripture verses being God's compassionate heart toward us. Hmm. I often think, why are those verses even there? And one of the reasons is because God knows that, uh, he knows that we're afraid, and he also knows at the same time that we believe. So the word comes, you know, basically God's heart to ours, be strong and take courage. Why? Because as people were strong, I don't think that's it. I think it's because basically we're saying, um, we're saying, God, I, I can't do this by myself, but, um, but God's saying, hey, I'm with you, um, even if you're afraid. I love that. I was just reading um, this past weekend, we had a conference, so I was reading scripture to the women, and it's one of my favorite stories where Moses is out in the field and the burning bush is there. And, you know, he, he walks over, takes his sandals off, and, and sure. God tells him, here's, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to blaze this trail. I need you to go get my people. And what does Moses say? Huh? Who, me? You know, you can tell he's afraid. He's scared. And I love what God says. He says, don't be afraid because the fabulous words, I will be with you. And I right. think people like to think, you know, I have to do this alone. They forget that God's going to be doing it with them. Fear can show up in different forms, anywhere from a fear of public speaking to the results of an MRI or fear of flying. People can become so polarized by their fears. I'm wondering, Frank, what do you think? How can we break free from the bondage of being controlled by fear? 
Yeah, I, I think there are moments probably when we're all controlled by it or where we're all paralyzed by fear. I know that I've certainly been there. Those moments in our life where we think, um, hey, God, I, I can't do this. So, um, so anyway, how to break free. I, I think um, two key words, and I would just say these two words, one is to confess and the other is to give. And by confess, I think I mean, you know, I don't hide. I don't pretend it's not there. Sometimes we do that. We, we, we almost believe that we're fooling God. It's not like he already doesn't know. And so the first thing to do is to admit it. I've got this fear, and it's keeping me from being free to be what you, God, want me to be, you know, in this very moment. And, uh, and so basically with that right out there in front of him, I just give it to God, and that's the give. You know, God, I'm going to give this to you. There's that verse that we've heard again and again, and it's that idea of cast your anxiety on God or on Him because He cares for you. And I think that's the, that's the large step, not to pretend that fear isn't there, but rather to give it to God. You know, and, uh, and yes, there may be, every time you're giving it to Him, it may be that you, give it, you take it right back. You give it to Him again, and 50 times in the day you take it back. It doesn't mean you don't have faith. It doesn't mean that, uh, that you're not scared or fearful, but each time you hand it over, you know, for me, I find that it's almost as if in, in his eyes it's a fresh step of faith toward, uh, toward freedom. We, don't, we can't break free ourselves. It's something that God has to do in and through us. Absolutely. Now, um, for listeners who think, okay, this sounds good, I'm going to let God handle it, I know this is kind of a simplistic question, but can you give us an example? Say that you're afraid to, you know, um, fly to Honolulu. It's a long trip. You're afraid of flying right now. And you're going to have to give that over to God because you really have to. Somebody's asked you to come and preach there. How would you give it over to God? Give us an example of what that means for listeners that don't understand. Well, as I think about it, you know, <laughs> there's this sense that our fears come and get us, um, that we're going to be overwhelmed by them, that somehow whatever it is that I'm fearful is going to actually take me out, is actually going to kill me, you know. And I find for myself, in terms of a couple of practical um, approaches to it, is to say, you know what, God, you know my life. You know the hour of my birth. You know the hour of my death. And, and, and so I can rest in that. And so for me, there are two key prayers that I often will pray, you know, for comfort. One is the one of Jesus on the cross himself. You know, as he entrusts himself to, the, to his Father and says, into your hands I commit my spirit. And I find for myself, in terms of an approach, when I'm in the midst of, of paralyzing fear, you just mentioned the fear of flying. Um, while I know that plane's going to kind of get to the end of the runway and get me home, there's a part of me that's honestly maybe a little bit afraid of my own death. And so in those moments, I just say, God, into your hands, I, uh, you know, I commit my, you know, I commit my spirit. Um, there's a certainty and a calm that comes, uh, that comes with that. And again and again, you know, in terms of how I move or how I begin, it, it really does begin by saying, God, little by little, bit by bit, all the way on this journey, I'm going to hand it over to you. We often call those arrow prayers, you know, mm-hmm. in the midst of it. I'm just shooting out an arrow to God to say, hey, uh, I'm afraid and I'm giving you my life in this time and in this place. I love it. So basically just saying to God, hey, God, here I am. Here's my fears. I need help. 
you know, basically talking with him in prayer. And when I think about flying overseas, Pastor Frank, I think, okay, I did that twice on a mission trip and I was terrified because I'm afraid to fly. So that's why I use that example. But you're not, I don't believe. And and you've been serving overseas in really dangerous areas. And I'm sure that you and your troops were met with difficulties. Can you give our listeners an example of how you were able to overcome a fear that you encountered as a chaplain? And if there was a time that you helped others face their fears? Sure. You know, uh, here you are moving into a combat zone. And it doesn't matter whether it's a combat zone that is overseas, say in Afghanistan or Iraq or or one right here at home. Um, there's a verse that we often will quote, and it says this, that there's no weapon that's formed against me that'll prosper. Um, in a literal combat zone, it, it is obvious, not everybody comes home. So it doesn't mean that the weapons of somebody else won't kill me, but what it does mean is that in the end, God's will is going to triumph. And there's a great comfort in thinking about um, the fact that God has you, and, and He's there with you at this, at this moment. Um, and, and, I, and I think about some moments like that. Uh, I, I remember uh, the first time I was ever moving into a combat area, we actually were, I was jumping onto a, a troop transport, a, a flight. We were all geared up to basically be ready to fight the moment that we exited the plane. And I was with, uh, I was with United States Marines at that moment in time, and, and many had never been to combat before. And uh, as we boarded the plane, there was a sense, it was funny, there was a sense that I had all these young eyes trained on me as their chaplain for this place of comfort and surety. And in my own mind, I was thinking, I don't even know where I'm going. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have this kind of surety myself. And so two things happened. One was giving myself back to God, into your hands I commit my spirit. And with that, you know, back to God, you know, thy will be done. And then with that calm, I find that calm can be contagious, that certainty can be contagious. And then with that in my own mind, I was able to meet the eyes of my Marines and just give them a smile and a nod, basically saying it was going to be okay. Wow, that's and then great. together, we basically were one another with our eyes and with our own faith, telling each other the same thing, that no matter what, we we're going to be okay. We're heading into the unknown um, but uh, and there was no denial of the danger. We were naming it. We were acknowledging it. But we were reminding each other that for better, for worse, wherever we were going, we weren't going alone. Oh, I love it. Well, friends, we're going to take a few minutes and listen to this encouraging song from Scripture by Laura Hackett. Laura's written it from King David's words from Psalm 56.3, When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And we're going to be right back with Pastor Frank. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I'm overcome, I will cling on to the rock that is higher. He's higher, the rock that is higher. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I'm overcome, I will cling on to the rock that is higher. He's higher, the rock that is higher. Higher, the rock that is higher. Oh, when I 
comes to still my joy, my peace, I'll let go of my reasoning and fall upon the rock that is Listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Your Best with Kathy Weckworth, and we're talking with Pastor Frank Riley. Frank is encouraging us about the topic of facing our fears. So, Pastor Frank, I talked a little bit about Moses in Scripture and how he faced his fears. Can you tell our listeners of anybody else that you think of off the top of your head who was in Scripture that had to face fear? Sure. As I think about biblical characters, one of my favorites is, when it comes to dealing with fear, and maybe even unexpected, is Elijah. Uh, When we think of him, we think about him being taken up into a whirlwind, right up into heaven, facing the end of his life with courage and with calm. Or one of the best-known stories is his fearlessness on Mount Carmel. There he is, one against hundreds of prophets of Baal in, uh, in basically 1 Kings chapter 18. And, and so that's how we tend to think of Elijah. But turn the page to 1 Kings chapter 19, and all of a sudden there's a very different story. Uh, in that story, Jezebel has now got it in for Elijah and basically saying, you're going to be dead within the day. And the next thing we hear in Scripture is that Elijah was afraid and that he's out there and he's, he's running for his life. He even sits down as he's running. He basically says these words, um, I've had enough, God. I've just had enough. And uh, in the midst of that, you know, God basically asks Elijah what he's doing there. And, uh, and Elijah basically lets him know, there are those that are trying to kill me, even in the midst of this great triumph that had literally just taken place. What I love about this story is that all of a sudden you see God's great gentleness in the midst of Elijah's great fear. Um, God is passing by Elijah, and he basically tells him, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, because I'm about to pass by. And all of a sudden, there's a powerful wind that's tearing the mountain apart, and it's shattering rocks. And we're told that God wasn't in that. But finally, Elijah realizes and senses God's actual coming, and then all of a sudden, God comes to him with a gentle whisper. And, uh, 
And for me, what I love about that is, is here is a man who definitely has courage, but the courage isn't there and it's not constant. Hmm. And what I love about that story is that Elijah will once again have his courage renewed, but God in the midst of his fear uh, comes as a gentle father to care for him. And that's oh, a great reminder it is. to me and maybe yeah. to you when we're yeah. in the midst of our, of our fears. God's not there to scold us, right? but in those times comes to comfort. And I love it because it's a very calming presence. When we think, okay, he's not in this huge, clamoring, clashing thing, he comes in the, in the small whisper to him. I like that because it's such a calming force that we know that God sees us and God is with us. He hears us. He's with us. And I love it because he tells us over and over to not doubt the fact that he will never leave us or forsake us. He's right. with us when we're going through things. Um, so thank you. Those are really encouraging words. What do you think are a couple of steps, Frank, that we can take? I, I think back about you and I and how great you were of an encourager and still are to me. But I went through some really difficult days, very dark nights through uh, my divorce. And you were a very calming presence. I felt like God really spoke through you, really used you to encourage me. Um, you were very, very clear-minded. And I think, you know, so often fear gets the emotions rolling and we don't think clearly. What do you think are a couple of steps that we could take to help us when we're thinking, okay, we have to face this fear. Maybe it's public speaking. Maybe it's going to talk to somebody that's hurt us. You know, what can we do for a couple of steps that will really help us get through the fear? You know, I, I kind of find myself laughing when I think about steps. And I, and I look at that and I think that's a great word. And, and I think what I would say is when it comes to steps, maybe consider beginning with baby steps. So often we think we've got to conquer the whole mountain at once, that we have to leap, that we have to run, that the steps need to be large. But here's what I would say. I would say maybe break it down into smaller steps, especially if it's an ongoing fear. Maybe pick one tiny goal, one baby step toward where you want to end up. A second suggestion that I think would be great is, in the midst of your fear, don't go alone. Maybe find someone to face that fear with you, like in your story, Kathy, you facing fear with me, either by talking about it or doing what needs to be done um, with you. Or if they've got a courage or an ability in an area that you don't have, ask if you can take some baby steps with them. If it's speaking or if it's teaching, maybe ask, hey, could I lead one part of this lesson just for five minutes? Or maybe even brainstorm with somebody who has strength where you have fears. Just baby steps. Um, that is a great start sometimes to overcoming fears. The whole seems overwhelming, but when we break it down into smaller, all of a sudden courage has the ability to rise, and also the ability to face fear has the ability to rise as well. That is so smart and so true. So, Pastor Frank, if you could encourage our listeners with one last thought about fear today, what would you tell people? I think in the midst of the accusing fingers and the accusing voices that may be coming from others or from ourselves that I don't measure up, I would say in the midst of your fear, um, remember that the Lord loves you, understands that you are afraid, and, that and that's precisely why he's promised to never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't leave when we're afraid. God says, I'm with you wherever you go, even if you're afraid. I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show. Now, uh, last time you were on the show, about a year ago, you were on my show about hope, and I had several people that emailed me and said, 
we love this pastor. Does he have a podcast or someplace we can listen to him preach? Do you have any place, uh, Pastor Frank, that people could find you online? Sure. Well, if they wanted to find us, all our sermons are podcasts, and they could find uh, us at trinitycovenantchurch.org. And uh, every message is just right there. That's trinitycovenantchurch.org. Fabulous. Thank you so much for being on the show today and for encouraging us about facing up to our fears. Well, speaking of fear, sometimes we get wrapped up with not knowing what to do with all of our stuff. What's going to happen if something would happen to us? Well, here's Best Life staffer Valerie McKay to give us some info on estate planning. This is Money Matters with Valerie McKay. Recently, I experienced a loss of a family member due to a fatal car crash. This tragedy caused me to reflect on how in an instant life can be changed forever. But it also made me realize that I needed to address some estate planning loose ends myself. In the event of a severe illness or death, do you have all of your affairs in order? Could a family member pick up the business pieces of your life? Do they know who to call or what bills to pay? Now, I believe we owe it to our loved ones to have plans made so that they do not have to adopt a mess of legal proceedings and unknown financial consequences. Now, I know this is not an easy topic, but it is an important one. So like most things relating to finance, planning is paramount. The first step is to consult with an estate planning lawyer. A reputable lawyer can assess your situation and develop an estate plan that is relevant to your needs. First, you will consider a will. A will is a document that expresses your wishes in respect to the distribution of assets. A will also contains your wishes with regards to placement of children. You can provide arrangements for placement of pets. Many wills specify the people that you want to inherit your prized possessions, whether it's cars, boats, or family photos. You can buy do-it-yourself kits to draft a will, but just note that many have not stood up in courtrooms when challenged. Strong legal representation during the planning can thwart any potential legal conflicts for your heirs. Without a will, your estate could go into probate where a judge makes the determination for the distribution of assets. This probate process can be time-consuming and have a result which conflicts with your desires. Secondly, consider a living will or a health care directive. In the unfortunate event that you are incapacitated, this document will assist in making medical decisions in line with your wishes. You may choose to have a do not resuscitate order, for example. Now, family members often do not want to make these complicated, stressful, and difficult decisions on your behalf, so it is advisable to make your wishes known. Thirdly, consider a power of attorney. This allows you to name a person to tend to your financial matters in the event that you are incapacitated. It gives them the legal right to pay bills, sign tax returns, or sell assets if needed. Without the power of attorney document, a court may appoint someone which may not at all be in line with your wishes. In addition to seeking legal counsel, another step you should take is to review your beneficiary forms for your bank accounts, 401k, and life insurance policies. 
It is important that you have your beneficiaries on these documents in line with your will. Often in a court of law, the beneficiary designation on the forms will trump your will. Now the last step is to make a master copy of important contact information. I recently married, so I went through the process of reviewing and revising beneficiary information, and I compiled a list of all of my bank accounts, my retirement accounts, credit card accounts, the account numbers, and the associated contact name and numbers. I added my husband as a user to several of the accounts so that he could take care of things if I was unable. I included on the list the HR and management contact information for my employer so that in the event of an accident or death, my spouse would have all of the information needed to make the appropriate phone calls and to pay the appropriate bills. I also made a copy of all of that information and gave it to my sister in case something happened to both my husband and I. Now there is already an enormous amount of stress and general sense of overwhelm for family members facing the loss of a loved one. I want to do what I can to make life easier for them and make my wishes known. Now there is no threshold of assets required to take any of these steps as most of them don't necessarily have anything to do with money. I encourage you to follow these steps and make life easier for your family. They will thank you for it. Next time you're feeling afraid, go before God and give it right over to Him. He's going to help you. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, for all of us today who are experiencing fear, we just leave it in your hands and we pray for your grace and your mercy to cover us, that you will be our encouragement and our courage. Bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.